0: They probably walked through that door and it was like mario kart and like margot robbie like i don't even know
1: welcome to red wine reads a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not so favorite books while we pour a glass or two of wine I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is our resident sci-fi and nonfiction expert, Ella Kopakin. Before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the books we review. So if you don't like that, then just go finish the book and come back to this episode later. We'll be waiting for you. My goal is to have you read these books with us so you can participate in the conversation. At the beginning of each month, I will release an episode previewing the books we will be reviewing for that month. So if you wanna read one of them, none of them or all of them, the choice is up to you. Before we start, I should mention that these reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just two purely opinionated amateur readers. You may hate the books we love or love the books we hate or be somewhere in the middle. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to no matter how you like your books. Without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Welcome to the first book review recording for Red Wine Reads. How excited are you? I am thrilled to be here, Jenna. Thank you for having me. What are we drinking today? I forgot today,
0: <laughs> but in my mind, I am drinking a mezcal margarita with a full chili lime salt rim. And it's fun.
1: I am drinking the Ken Wright Cellars... Pinot Noir from Willamette Valley, so Washington. Um, my boyfriend got it as a gift, so we're fancy like that.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, brag about it. I know, brag about it. Let's get into it.
1: <laughs> Alrighty. So yeah, well, now that we have our drinks, let's dive right in. Just want to give a few quick facts about the book um, to give Do a little it. background. It's it was published in 2016. Okay, it was a book of the month choice in 2016, and then in that same year, 2016, it was a book of the year finalist for book of the month. Blake Crouch said the idea for the book came about when he was juggling three different storylines that he wanted to make into books. And so he kept trying with each different storyline, which one involved the box, one involved the idea of meeting yourself in a different timeline. And then the other one was about a man being hopelessly lost in time. And so when he said he just, combined all three of these and then started writing this book i'm going to start off these podcasts with a something a segment let's just say that i want to call five by five where we pick five main characters that we enjoyed and five main plot points to kind of give a summary
0: um not to give too much away but all five of my favorite characters are named jason Which is going to make sense a lot later, everybody, Ayo. so stay tuned.
1: <laughs> uh, we do spoil, so if you don't want to spoil, yeah. you got to get out of here, but come back. Yeah. Come right back after you read.
0: Go read the book. <laughs> why, why are you reading it? Don't yeah. be cheating. Yeah, this isn't is Cliff's Notes.
1: <laughs> it's not. Uh, these are very uneducated. Um, <laughs> we, we are no, like, expert you know, sources on this matter, so, um, uh, so uh you mean
0: by, by matter, you mean, you mean time dark? travel? <laughs> yeah.
1: Dark matter. Dark matter. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
0: uh, no. Do you want to go first on your characters or should sure?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll go first. So, uh, yes, we have Jason, of course the, f- you know, Jason one, the, the main, the OG Jason, uh, main character, of the book, the lens of which this book is told through, He's a professor at a local college at a local college. We have his wife, Daniela or Danny. He's the, you know, love interest of Jason. She's also an incredible artist. So that's pretty cool. And then their son, Charlie, who doesn't exist in the timeline where um, evil Jason is. So uh, talking about evil Jason, Jason too. He's from the timeline where Jason has all the fame, but not the family. This is kind of the timeline where if he focused on his work, what would that turn into? And then I put Amanda as the other person, so the therapist, kind of maybe the love interest of Jason too. We don't get a whole lot there, um, and then she helps him helps the original Jason escape from prison to get him into the box. Yeah, that's so that's pretty
0: much all you need to know. I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, there's not a lot of characters in this book, but I will do my best to fill some others in. Yeah, uh, there is Clayton, who seemed in a past to be Jason 2's trusty sidekick, and when the wrong Jason gets comes back in the timeline, which we're gonna get to all that, he gets pretty PO'd that Jason doesn't remember a lot, and then later has to find out that he's not the right Jason, and then he kinda has to kill him, and that's a whole thing. And then there's Ryan Holder, who is really annoying, just like as a person. In Jason 1's timeline, he's like a super successful physicist who's just won the equivalent of like a nobel prize and he's just kind of a academic and i'm like I'm the poo-pooing worst. academics <laughs> as i'm currently in college so <laughs> there's about 30 other jasons
1: Jesus. i was going to say
0: there's a lot of jasons
1: i think we touched on everyone or at least That's ev- everyone basically of, it yeah everyone of uh, of importance who we who we need to know about five main plot points
0: Basically, Jason loves his wife and his kid. Jason goes out. Jason gets mugged. Jason wakes up in a world he doesn't recognize, but everybody recognizes him. Jason tries to escape that world. He gets chased down in that world. He then gets recaptured by the people who recognize him. He comes to realize that he is being confused for another version of himself, and that it must have been that other version of himself that kidnapped him, because that other version of himself, although successful, and has built this underground network and this box—I'll get to the box in a second— He's professionally successful, but not emotionally successful, and wishes that he had stayed with Jason's wife, Daniella. So this Jason, who did stay with the wife and didn't become professionally successful, has now been swapped without his consent. So the box. The box that Jason invents, I do not quite understand. But it's basically a parallel universe, a multiverse box, if you will. So you can go in, and if you take a capsule... I feel like we have to describe this. If you take a capsule, you then take this drug, you're in the box, and then whatever you think of will be the world that you end up in. So if you think you're depressed and cold, you're gonna end up in a snowy universe, but it's not a different time, it's just a different place. So eventually, after taking 46 different capsules, something around that number, Jason ends up in his timeline. Ah, but wait. There are now, like, 60 other Jasons who are trying to get back to his timeline and win Daniela. So then it basically goes back to what you were saying, Jenna, about the fact that he gets back to his wife, explains the whole situation, has to murder a bunch of versions of himself, and then it gets back in the box and runs away.
1: Well, there you go. That's a a whirlwind of a summary, but that's what you got. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So just a little bit about... Listen,
0: guys, we're (laughs) drinking.
1: (laughs) But a little bit about Blake Crouch as an author, born in North Carolina, and spent a good time um, living in Los Angeles and New York City, working on like screenplays and also writing. He has 16 books that he's written, including uh, the Wayward Pines trilogy, which they made a TV series out of it, and the book Recursion, which is another popular book this was a good quote he said about writing dark dark matter um trying to understand that science even on a basic level let alone incorporate it into a story without dragging the narrative down into incomprehensibility seems so daunting but I knew that if I pulled it off it would let me play with some really big ideas about our day-to-day existence and the choices we make that will haunt us
0: well good news Blake you did not succeed (laughs) I found the explanations to be utterly ununderstandable, and that is one of my biggest complaints.
1: Sorry, go on. I agree. I was completely lost when we get into the idea of how this box works. <laughs> there is like. What is the substance is, that they're injecting themselves with? There is like
0: one section of this book that's in the middle, and it's like four pages. And it's explaining the box, and I still couldn't tell you what it says. Like, I I read it twice or three times, and I was like, this is beyond me as a person and my capability.
1: Yeah, because he talks about, like, the cat being dead and alive. Well, it's
0: Schrodinger's cat, right? Yeah. The concept of Schrodinger's cat, and it's the the thing of, like, in one reality, there's a dead cat in that box. And then in another reality, the cat's alive?
1: Yeah. Like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> or it's gone? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Someone right now, whoever's listening to this, there is someone involved in science who's like, wow. Just like, way oh to go God. for the first book, guys. <laughs> like,
1: And like, it's something to do with like your cells and like, I guess the choice of whether they're going to like regenerate to like save your life or then not save your life or something like that. And it, like, happens I on, like, mark, a subatomic level.
0: Yes, I did mark there is one sentence that actually explains what he's trying to say. It is on page 293. Mm-hmm. He says, The multiverse exists because every choice we make creates a fork in the road which leads into a parallel world. That was, for me, all he had needed to say for the entire book. Yes.
1: But also, it's like, do you, (laughs) I just have a, I, I, like, you have to have, like, some sort of, like, method to the madness of, like, how it works. Like, how can you jump from timeline to timeline? But I almost would have preferred if it was, like, so outrageous that, like, no science could have even, like, come up with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, you're talking to somebody who grew up loving Twilight, so like Aww. to me, reality and like how th- things make sense j- does just not matter. So I was like here for all the other stuff, and then when it came to like explaining this, I was like, "I salute you, sir. You've <laughs> you've you've tried to master a concept."
1: Yeah. Well, okay, let's get into things you liked. What did you like about this book?
0: Uh, what did I like about this book? <laughs> I also do have one more big complaint, but we can save that for later. <laughs> what did I like about this book? I will say that I found the character of Amanda very fascinating. I liked her, I think, arguably the most out of everybody. Well, her character is really interesting because basically she's a therapist and she doesn't really have a lot going for her. And she puts a lot of faith into this guy that she realizes is not the person that he thought he was. And then she ends up being lost to us because she goes into this other universe. She just decides to take a capsule and, like, basically see where she ends up. And I think... uh, her character was the one without a purpose and I think that's why I found her so interesting because we never really knew her motivation so she could
1: kind of have done anything. That's so interesting that you said that because my qualm with it was that I didn't understand why Amanda was in this book. <laughs> <laughs> like my I, favorite character. <laughs> I know that's so funny because I thought like I don't know, I just don't think her character was built up enough to like like you said she didn't have a purpose. You know, she was running away from these bad guys. I didn't really get if she was, like, in love with the Jason from her timeline or just, like, had a special connection with him. But Oh, she
0: didn't need to be there. She never needed to be there. I think my biggest qualm with this book is that everybody's purpose was too obvious. And I think that's why I liked her. Because Mm -hmm. she, you didn't know where she was coming from. And to me, she was really the only one who was, like, Okay, this girl's mysterious, and I want to know what she's going to do next.
1: Hmm.
0: I also really enjoyed Clayton. I think I just enjoyed the side characters. I enjoyed Clayton because, again, basically it seemed to me like he was obsessed with evil Jason, borderline in love with, and then he gets his soul crushed because the Jason that comes back doesn't remember him. One of my favorite lines, though, in the book is at one point Clayton is chasing Jason, not Jason Two, the evil Jason, but Jason who has been wrongly put into this universe. He's chasing him into a house and he gets really frustrated. And one of the lines that Jason describes Clayton as is, out of nowhere, his voice hemorrhages frustration. And I just think that sums up Clayton as a character very well because Clayton is basically just, like, wound too tightly. He's having to kill too many people. He, like, lives underground because, lest we forget, this lab, for some reason, is, like, five flights underground. And it just seems like he's tense. He doesn't have a lot of people in his life. (laughs) I wanted to know more about Clayton.
1: I agree. I think they could have done a lot more with him because it was, like – Here he is, prominent character, like, here he is, prominent character, wanting to, like, kill this original Jason, and we're like, why? And then it, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, chasing him into the box, and then Clayton, and then it's just done. He's out. Like, we don't hear from Clayton ever again.
0: We never know what happens to Clayton, and you know it can't have been good, because he lost Jason, which (laughs) means that whoever his higher up is was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) This is millions of dollars wasted. Because now what are they going to do? They don't have the box. They don't have Jason, the guy who invented the box. And they've all just dedicated their lives to this. And I they, wanted to know, like, yes. Well, well yeah, well, I was going to say, and they killed Brian, who had the Ryan, potential
1: to make this box.
0: Who had the potential to make this box, which means I want to know the HR behind all of that afterwards. Like, they had to end the company. And then what does Clayton do?
1: well can we get like a sequel of just like this is what happened to Clayton
0: yeah I want a sequel of like Clayton like on unemployment (laughs) like going to Burger King like really frustrated like maybe he like has to move to a different city because he's just got to get out of Chicago after a while you know yeah I I liked Clayton
1: yeah no I agree I think well what you touched on too is like I think what I really liked about this book was the writing, like the style of writing that Blake Crouch uses, because it's almost like poetic, because he'll cut his sentences really, really short, and then, or like start them in like the middle of the sentence, so it, it almost like was poetic, and I, I really, really liked his writing style, um, and like how fast it pulled you in. The way he writes stood out to me in the way, um, let's see, it's page 28. Oh, I think he's talking to Jason too, but he doesn't know it's Jason too. Um, And so he's talking to him and then he asks, like, Jason too asks him, um, you know, like, how, how is your life? And Jason goes, my life is great. It's not, it's just not exceptional. And there was a time when it could have been. And then Jason too says, you killed your ambition, didn't you? And then Jason says it died of natural causes of neglect. I was like, oh you know, you had this dream to do something and then it's like, what happened? Well, I just didn't, like, feed it. And so it just kind of died. I just thought that was fascinating. No,
0: totally. It's so fascinating. I mean, I think everybody has a version of that. You know, like, I, for a very long time, wanted to be an actor and thought I was going to win an Oscar one day and the whole shebang. And then, like, when I was 18, had a, like, realization that I didn't want to do that. And the thing Mm. is, is I think that this book is fascinating in that it idealizes what happens when we don't mm-hmm. use our ambition and I think that a lot of times in our society we still are so revolved around what we could have done to become famous or well-known or whatever and this book is saying no we should be liking the opposite that's what we should be striving for
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that I really appreciated
1: mmm yeah, I think it really touches on that like overarching message of like regret and like that idea of like the all the what ifs, what if this happened? Like what would my yeah. what would my life be like? What if? And it's kind of interesting that he can't time travel you have to deal with like your consequences of each action that you make like there is there's always going to be a what if in no matter what timeline that you choose you're never going to make 100 percent of the right choices it just doesn't happen
0: i guess we can get to my second biggest qualm now because i could not stand sorry blake i'm sure you're a lovely human being how he wrote about his wife there are several sections of this book let me just pull up one of them. First of all, I've never heard a woman described less reality-based in my life. Like, it, it, it just, it's so fantastical, it just borderlines on ridiculous. Let's hear it. So let, let me say this before I read this passage. So what's really refreshing about the way that he writes Jason, the narrator of this book, is Jason is allowed to make mistakes, and he is not a perfect human being. He almost sleeps with Amanda at one point. He sleeps with a different version of Daniela. Mm-hmm. He can't help himself but get attached to every Daniela in the, universe, in the multiverse, even though he knows they're not the one that he's married to in reality, or in his reality. He's just not a perfect guy. And what upsets me is, in every universe, Daniela is an angel. Throughout this whole book, she is never allowed to be a three dimensional human being. She's basically written as this like Spanish goddess who essentially caters to every one of Jason's needs, no matter what universe she's in, except for one in which she turns him down because she's like working at a gallery and can't be bothered because she's too hot. And it really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Exemplified by this pa- passage on page 99, in which, which reads, Daniela cooks me chicken noodle soup from scratch, and I eat sitting up in bed while she sits in a chair in the corner with a distance in her eye I know too well. Her hair is shorter. She's in better shape. She's wearing makeup, and her clothes, jeans, and a form-fitting tee age her down considerably from 39 years. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to read the most crucial part. She's lost in thought and doesn't notice that I'm watching her. I don't mean to stare, but I can't take my eyes off of her. Throughout this whole book, he is trying to get back to his wife. I get it. He loves her. I'm here for it. I'm a hopeless romantic, too. Like, I love it. But he literally writes like he is a 12-year-old boy obsessed with a celebrity, and she just doesn't get any humanity, and it just feels weird.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that you said that, too, because when I was researching him, he had mentioned that this was his first love story that he tried to write. And that makes s- sense. Yeah. And so it's like you you almost write from it like a, as an idealized relationship. So it's like this is how, you know, he is married with kids. He has this sense of like family life versus his professional life. So he like connects with Jason in that sense.
0: This feels very much like a story written by a married guy, especially the part where he almost sleeps with Amanda but doesn't. And she comes on to him and he refutes her. And the thing is, both women in this book, and there are only two, both women in this book help him without really asking anything of him back. Yeah. And they both don't get a lot of story to them. Like we said earlier, Amanda leaves without really much explanation and comes into the story without much explanation just as his therapist to listen to his feelings. And then when Daniela is there, she just goes along with whatever he wants to do
1: in the timeline where he is dropped into so like into you know jason two's timeline there would be no if if i was in her position there'd be no way i'd believe a word of what this guy's saying
0: no absolutely not and what does she do she ends up sleeping with him and like taking care of him and taking care of him she ends up like and then, by the way, in that timeline, she gets murdered after doing that. Yeah. yeah also, justice for Charlie. Charlie, <laughs> his son, his 14-year-old son, who, like, is told at the end of the book to leave his entire life that he has known, gets almost killed, and then just walks into a parallel universe with his parents as though he gets no say in anything.
1: <laughs> I want another sequel, where did this door work? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, where the heck are they? Cause-, cause Oh, that's took, right. Cause it took Jason like, what, 40 something tries to find one that where his family like wasn't dead or sick or remembered him.
0: Yeah, and for the record, they let Charlie pick the place because they the, the idea is, is that if you think really hard and you write down like what you want in a world, that's the door that you're gonna open. Charlie's a fourteen year old boy from Chicago. I don't know that I would enjoy going into the brain of a fourteen year old boy like he 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 probably walked through that door and it was like Mario Kart and like Margot Robbie. like I don't
1: even know <laughs> you know what like really after with my mind was is it just gonna be like infinite amounts of Jason's just popping out of this box? yes forever and ever and ever and like is the guy telling the story the like is he a real jason because you know all of these guys are like in their own realities but when they're all coming out of the box they were all that jason at one point so who the heck is the real jason
0: yeah that's the thing also. It's like making an enemy of yourself is an odd concept to write a book around because essentially, what he's saying is like there's only one you bay, but also there's not just one of any of us, and none of this really matters because we could all end up with different versions of ourselves in the end like it it I think he got really obsessed with the idea of the multiverse theory, yeah, and I think that then you kind of don't know how to end it. Oh my god, we haven't gotten to my favorite part of the book, though. My favorite part of the book, hands down, is the online chat with all (laughs) versions of himself. They're about... This doesn't come up often. This comes up twice in the book. Yeah. But Jason logs on to a chat of all the different Jasons chatting online. That's been started by Evil Jason 2. And it is so funny. It's like... It's, it's all the Jasons being like, is Daniela safe? Yes, she is. Do you want to meet up? Let's meet up. Should we band together? <laughs> he tries to do a raffle with all the Jasons to see if the if we can all mutually decide who gets Daniela, and then they all end up trying to kill each other. Yeah. Not the, not the smartest bulb in the shed for a former physicist. Okay. This, yeah. is my, this is my
1: last my last point. Um the 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 bloody Jason that ran through the box while they were in there <laughs> I forgot what, about him <laughs> what happened to him is he okay
0: <laughs> yeah that's right at one point this like isn't he naked too it's like a bloody naked J- version of jason runs through the box totally unprompted in front of jason and just nothing ever gets brought up about it like no one ever asks <laughs> if he's chill if he wants a water if he
1: like They just make eye contact and he just keeps running <laughs> yeah
0: he just keeps going
1: Okay, so let's just kind of get into our final our final ratings of this book. Genuinely from like an entertainment reader like readability standpoint, I I, I gave it four I gave it four stars.
0: For readability out of
1: five.
0: Oh yeah, readability I would absolutely give it like a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Like a, a 3.5 or a 4.
1: Cuz I you know, I have to say, I thought I thought it was a good book. I was I was entertained from page 1. Um You know, the twists and turns were a little outrageous, but, like, kept me entertained. (laughs) I think, like, it did entertain me, and I did enjoy reading it. When you start talking about it afterwards, you realize how many plot holes there are.
0: I'm going to go away on the other end, and I'm going to go ahead and give it a two.
1: Okay. I
0: I think Blake Crouch has got to brush up on his... uh, dark matter but i also think blake crouch has got to brush up maybe on his like feminism a little bit and i think blake crouch like i think he got my think i think my biggest complaint about it though like all jokes aside is i think he got so wrapped up in the main character and this idea of like having the main character battle himself that i just don't think any of the side characters, even past Amanda and Daniela, like Clayton, Charlie, whatever. I just don't think any of them were really fully thought through as people, like even Ryan. And I think that had he maybe been a little less obsessed with like making sure things did line up scientifically and trying to explain the box and trying to explain the multiple Jasons, I think it would have been a more fascinating book if the science made a little less sense and if we got to have a little bit more of his interaction with the people that he was seeking and also the people who were helping him along the way.
1: Well, let's uh, let's get into our pairings segment. So we like to end our show with a segment called Pairings where Ella and I pick TV shows, movies, and other books that might pair well with today's book. So I chose TV. So TV series that I thought would be a good pairing is the TV show What If, which is an animated series on Disney+. Plus. And so their little synopsis is uh, reimagining noteworthy events in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and creating a multiverse of infinite possibilities. So their kind of episodes are, you know, What If T'Challa Became Star-Lord... Um, What if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And so it's like, what if, you know, Dr. Strange was in the car crash and instead of, you know, injuring his hands, he had his love interest in the the passenger seat and she died in the car crash so like what would have happened. my movie that i paired with it was sliding doors with Glenn- gwyneth oh okay yes it's like very much the same idea but it's pretty much you know if if gwyneth gets on catches the train or not and it takes you know the two Does different she? timelines, and so if she catches the train she finds her boyfriend cheating on her and if she doesn't she doesn't find him And so it's just, like, the two different timelines. It's a really great movie. It's, you know, my grandma. It's Gwyneth. It's Gwyneth. It's just so good. I mean, my grandma introduced it to me, so that's fun. (laughs) Um, Gwyneth at her peak with grandma. Gwyneth at her peak with my grandma. It's the best. And then I thought another book that was, like, very similar idea was The Space Between Worlds. Oh, I don't know it. By uh, Micaiah Johnson. It's pretty much about, it's multiverse as well, so you can travel through to different timelines, Um, but in this version, you can't visit another world where your counterpart, so your other self, is alive.
0: I like it a lot. I went movies, and because I'm a total movie dweeb I have a few Okay, I have you. three if, if that's okay if yeah. I may share my three <laughs> so I chose A this doesn't really make it doesn't feel like it makes sense at first but it does um, I chose Oh Brother Where Art Thou which is a Coen Brothers movie and it's literally about a guy who escapes prison to get back to his wife and kids and it's also a surreal journey it's based on Homer's The Odyssey okay. and so things don't quite make sense in it And he has a couple of friends who help him along his journey, but a lot of similar plot points happen. He almost sleeps with people. There are like evil people trying to get to him. It's like, if you wanted to take this book and simplify it and also put it in like the country, like the South in like the thirties, it's very good. Uh, The other one that I thought of was Close Encounters of the Third Kind, (laughs) the Steven Spielberg movie from the 1980s, because it is about a man who does have his family and wife, but he's searching for the alien universe because he has an experience with an extraterrestrial and he gets frustrated because no one else can see what he sees, which feels very much like the frustration Jason has when he's in a world that no one else understands. Yeah. And then the last one I had was I Heart Huckabees, the David O. Russell film from the early 2000s, uh, because that deals a lot with concepts that I still don't understand about existentialism but it's yeah. fascinating so if you want something that is similarly confusing i would say i heart huckabees if you want a guy who's frustrated because he can't see what everyone else is or because everyone sees a different thing than he sees i would do close encounters and then if you just want like a guy getting back to his wife i would do oh brother where art though
1: well that's the show let me uh is there anything else any last <laughs> you
0: sounded so excited that that was it <laughs> well that's the show guys that's
1: it uh thanks
0: are there any other points that i would like to make um i hope that for Daniela's sake she gets to that new universe and she walks off with some hot stranger and either takes charlie or doesn't because honestly like she's a very successful artist and she's hot and she could do better in my mind
1: (laughs) there you go that that's it um Danielle can do better. We were confused. I still gave it four stars. Well, that's the show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you want more book-related content, find us on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. Turn on your notifications, because on Wednesday's Small Sips episode, I will do a 10-minute deep dive on the three worst book-to-screen adaptations. And next Monday, we will be discussing the romance novel Portrait of a Scotsman by E.V. Dunmore. You won't want to miss it. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full.